absolutely. So hello and welcome. Welcome to the I Love Real Estate Success Story Show. This is the first one for 2023. And so we're kicking these off again. They've been hugely inspirational to a lot of students out there. So what we're going to do is we're going to continue those and get a bit of insight into the students, the I Love Real Estate students in the community and get them to share a little bit about their journey, what they've been through, you know, the trials and the tribulations, but as well as the successes and what they've achieved um, to give you a little bit of an insight into, well, what can you do? Maybe you can go out there and do a little bit more, get a little bit more done and have a little bit more success in your own life, whatever that is for you, whatever that peg in the sand is for you. So let's get this session underway now and introduce Susie. Hello, Susie. How are you doing? Oh, hello everybody. Good to meet you. Good to be here. Fantastic. So thank you so much for joining us today. Um, and I'm really looking forward to this. This is the, the first one for the year. So let's get straight into it, shall we? Sure. All right. Now, can you give us a little bit of an idea? Like whenever anyone comes into the Isle of Real Estate community, we're all coming from a different place. You know, we've got a different level of experience. We've got different life things happening. What was your life a little bit like before you joined the community? So we get a bit of an idea about where you were coming from. Um, so I was a twice divorced single mum, and I pretty much had to start from scratch. Um, it was very difficult. I was barely making ends meet. I was doing a casual um, childcare job, just trying to, to literally put food on the table for the two daughters I had at home. And I knew where I wanted to go. I've always been a real estate junkie and I knew what I, what I wanted, but I had no idea how I was going to get there. And then I came across uh, Dimpfner, I think, on a, a Facebook site and I listened to that and that was it. I just I just had to find out more. Mm -hmm. Because you didn't you get started in property pretty early? Like, you I know. Did. Yeah, I bought my first house. I was married, but I bought my first house and we actually moved in uh, on my 21st birthday. Wow. So that was massive. And that that just gave me that sense of security that, I really longed for uh, and um, I knew I didn't want to stop there at house number one. I knew that I wanted to go on and on and on, but the husband at the time was not not on board with that idea. Yeah, yeah. Was, it, uh, was there anything that kind of like, like uh, at 21, that's, that's generally a bit of an early age for people to get into a property. Was that normal for, for you and, you know, no, friends and no. family? No, my, we grew up in a rented flat, a small rented flat. And I was uh, somehow, I was very aware that it wasn't ours. You know, you weren't allowed to put stickers on the walls or posters on the bedroom and that sort of thing. It wasn't our property. And my parents bought their first house when I was 14. And I remember that feeling of achievement for them and that sense of security that this, this is our home now. We'd, and actually, we only just sold that house a couple of months ago to help my mum get into aged care. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So that's a, that must have been a pretty impressionable kind of experience to go, hey, you know, having the yeah. having your own roof over your house, yeah. over, your, over your head. Absolutely. This is our house. Absolutely. It was. And it's just something I always wanted to give my family. Wow. Oh, good to hear. Good to hear. So, that, so then finding myself renting and twice divorced and two 
two girls at home, I, I just had to work my butt off to, to get back into a home again. Yeah. So I could imagine then coming along and seeing Dipna, you probably just went, oh, she's telling my story or close to it. Absolutely. She, she really was. And I just felt I, I couldn't do it because I wasn't a professional. I didn't have a career. I was, you know, I really was just doing casual work and, and I didn't know how I was going to emulate what Dimpner had done, having had that career. But I, Dimpner kept saying, if I can do it, you can do it. And that's what, that's all I could hear. That's that's such a common thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you recall, but the 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 students from the success stories um, from last year at the super conference, a lot of them at the end. If I can do it, so can you. If I can oh, do absolutely. it, so can you. If yeah. I can do it, anyone can do it <laughs> with the support of the community. Absolutely. Yeah, and there's. I think also Natasha said she was saying, "Hey, if they can do it, so can I as well." So it just it works both ways, which is yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Well, good. Well, um, so okay, you got in the community. You're like, that's it. You're 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 off. Um, how did things kind of change for you once you kind of got into it? What what were the things that you got into when you first started? As in properties, or um, um, well, just just you, you know, when you get into the community, you're kind of enthusiastic. You know, when you're kind of you're keen to it. So, um, what 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 happened for you? Did you get straight into the training and the education? Was that was a thing that you got into? I'm not. I'm not really very. Um, uh, mo- I'm not a very self-focused, motivated training person. Um, I. I'm a bit more random. I just picked bits here, there, and everywhere, and um, and just sort of. Le- but I loved the the live the live um, shows, mm-hmm. uh, and I loved the uh, getting to know the other members. Like I've made, I've still got really good friends that I met at the first. Um, event that I went to there's nothing like a live event is there oh absolutely and sometimes it's not even about the speaker on stage it's about the person you have a coffee with down down the back or the the group that you go and have dinner with after a boot camp or it's just forging those friendships and and getting that support from the community I think is just so vital and then just but hearing those stories and just it, imagining yourself in in those shoes. Mm. I, I got to say, I think that uh, th- th- that that kind of area of the community, it has a value that we really don't kind of we can't quantify, because you can be at an event and you can meet the exact right person that's either going to give you right information or maybe question you a little bit or inspire you a little bit or whatever it might be, that will actually trigger you to go, oh yeah, maybe I should look at this. It's just, I think there's something really a little bit magical, mystical, you know. Absolutely. And just being surrounded by so many positive, like-minded people, I really felt like I found my tribe here. Mm-hmm. Although, I thought, although I wasn't in a financial position to do anything at the time, it just gave me that um, connection that I knew which I knew where I wanted to go. I just didn't know how to get there. But the, those live events gave me the the roadmap to get there. Fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. Good, good. Good to hear. So you met up with obviously some friends at the, uh, at the boot camps as well. Um, and then what, what happens you, to you from a, like a, uh, did you change roles, jobs and so forth? Or what, what, what? I, I got back into real estate. So that was a, a big commitment when I still had two, 
two kids at home because, um, you know, real estate's not, you know, nine to five, Monday to Friday. And that was a huge commitment, but it, it, it just gave me that added bit of information. And one of the girls I met at a boot camp, um, she put me on to a, a buyer's agency that were looking for people. And I, I actually applied for three jobs, three different times there. And they, they kept saying no, but I just kept turning up to the interviews and eventually they gave me a job. And um, as a PA, I'd never been a PA in my life. I had no idea how to even send an email, but mm -hmm. I figured it out. Like everything you know, I don't know, I just Google it. So, um, and then from there, I worked there for four years and I learned so much about investment properties and feasibility studies. And we were buying 10 properties a month. So I learned an enormous amount there that then I could put into my own life but I I had to actually leave that job to when I was offered a really well-paid job um that I needed the income to to go the next step interesting so you just you you were just getting right into the whole property from every every angle every angle <laughs> every <laughs> angle I possibly could uh good 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 to see your, your passion coming out and then your application and kind of diving into it too yeah awesome um so what 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 part of Dintner's training really impacted you because like there's a, she's got a very holistic kind of you know you know a, amount of material and content and training and so forth available um what was it for you that really was you know really inspired you helped you what what was that for you for me it was the the sam the um success acceleration um network that that program was fantastic that program gave me the ability to pick up the phone and and speak to a mentor and say what do i do next and he was fantastic he'd just throw it back at me and go what do you think you should do next or i've i've, I've found this property what you know is this a good property? And he just throw it back into me and go, well, you tell me, is it a good property? Like why? And it made me build that knowledge base enormously. And it, it, the best thing I've ever got out of the I Love Real Estate community, it gave me the confidence to just take that first step. Awesome. And, and, and buy that first investment property. When I was still a single mum, still not earning great money, but back back then it was much easier to get a loan, 110% loan. And, um, it, you know, my family were saying, you're mad, what are you doing? My friends were saying, what are you doing? You know, you're buying a place in a, a mining town, you shouldn't do that. But um, it was amazing. It just gave me that confidence that I knew what I was doing and I was heading in the right way. Mm, fantastic fantastic that's just it's so nice to hear and and for those of you who are wondering what the sam program is so originally dipner had the platinum program and that was the high level mentoring and at that time it was just dipner who was doing all of the education and training but it got you know more popular and it was harder for her to be able to you know give uh, mentoring to every student so it rolled over into a program called sam which was success accelerator mastermind and that was a combination where she had um, some high-level trainers who then could then deliver more one-on-one -on -one training. Um, that went for a period of time, and then that was obviously very successful. And then it rolled over into the Platinum Accelerator program, which you have today. And of course, now Dipna has eight uh, high-level Platinum coaches to deliver, obviously, to, to you know to, to give more one-on-one -on -one training. So 
just to explain that 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 SAM program. So uh, clearly, that was a one. That was a one for you, and it really does. I know. I you know, we we speak to a lot of platinum students, and I think that prior to platinum, it was a SAM. So it's great to hear that that uh, that program really gave you the confidence. It was absolutely the springboard to just have the conviction in myself to 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 go ahead against everybody else's you know concern and i got to, i've got to say that's really interesting as well that you know your friends and family you know around you were saying hey what are you doing don't do this and that that i think that probably would have been really tough for you to go to go against what they're saying but yet you had the confidence because you had a coach who was kind of pushing you encouraging you to get out there and do it so uh and it's clearly paid off oh absolutely absolutely paid off it's um yeah it's just it's been amazing. that particular property was my little mudgy property mudgy back then was a mining town it wasn't a wine and winery tour. it's just won the tourist destination of the year again for the second year running and that property's more than doubled in value in six years and it's I'm looking at putting a little granny flat on that now just for the Airbnb, but it's been an absolutely amazing choice. And and I can honestly say I found it and I did it. Yes, I had my mentor, but it's not like someone found it for me and and did it for me. So I I congratulate myself. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome, Susie. Well done. Well done. Good, good. (laughs) Uh, Now, obviously, there's a lot, lot of work involved as well. Um, isn't there with that, you know, like, you know, you can often think, oh, you know, you, you probably would have put a bit of work into to get kind of certain when it came to whether it be GVA or feasibility to confirm this deal? Oh, oh for sure. Absolutely. And I did go, that one, I did drive out there and, and check it out. I mean, most of my other properties, I haven't even seen them, but um, I had that experience buying investment property so many investment properties i i'm happy to buy sight unseen now i I, but you've got to know the market you've got to know what Mm. you're doing i wouldn't anyone everyone do that but um that one i did drive and it was only a three-hour drive it's not too bad not like some of the recent ones we've just bought that are six hours each way wow 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 and i've got to say as well you you were spot on when you said that um you know not something that you would usually do but because you're quite experienced at purchasing investment properties already you're way more experienced to make the right decisions and and confident in that in that move as well but if you well, haven't the, haven't done that don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't don't do that to start with no 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 get out there well, and the, the, the ones are, the investment properties i've bought for clients we've you know built relationships with agents over years and in building inspectors and so we've got very trusted people on the ground and we know that we've been to the areas before so it's not yeah. like going totally sight unseen so yeah but the experience is there you've built up the experience absolutely. to do so yeah yeah, yeah. Absolutely. um now Susie, can you tell us a little bit about the some of the deals that you've done like obviously you've got the first one in Mudgee and so forth. Can you give us a bit of a bit of an insight so we can see, you know? What yes, you're... so Mudgee, I paid two seventy five. None of mine are very high end properties. They're um they're basic bread and butter properties. My goal is to replace my income for retirement. So my, I'm into yield. So and I'm turning sixty this year. So what it's worth in twenty years time is kind of irrelevant to me. I want to I want the income to spend to to mm-hmm. live on. Mm-hmm. So I'm not Got looking it. at great capital growth, but any any capital growth is an absolute bonus. 
Um, so Mudgee was $275 and it was rented for $500 a week, which was awesome, um, even though the banks would only take 6 or 7% yield, even though it was a lot higher than that. Um, but it was a serviced home for, for a mining manager. So mm -hmm. I had to pay cleaning and have the sheets changed and the towels washed and all that sort of stuff. So that was an expense that came out. Um, that's now rented at three eighty per week on the normal market. And yep. as I quickly mentioned, we're putting a granny flat or a lovely little second dwelling in there for the Airbnb market. Yep. Okay. Um, next was uh, this great little flat at North Haven, which is Port Macquarie and right on the beautiful spot, right near the water. That's where I'd like to sort of spend a bit of my retirement. Mm -hmm. um, and as much as I love using that as a little holiday getaway, I've rented it out permanently because the figures work so well. So that was 263, 263,000. Yep. And it was at 400 a week. Wow. Okay. Awesome. So most of mine are sort of, I haven't really spent much on them. That one we did, I did actually put a painter in. I let her live there rent free for six weeks and she painted it in exchange for rent. Yep. Yeah, the barter system is really yeah. very handy. Um, and and the, when the agent came back through, he just said, "Wow, you've renovated the whole flat. Went, We've just painted. That's all we had done." So yeah, and, I, and I got the, I got the tenant to do it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but that that's a I that's a great little spot. So that'll be the, the first one that I don't put a tenant in long term because we love using it. So once I you know built up my income from the others a bit more. That's my luxury. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the next one. Oh, so then yeah, I yeah, just 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 out of interest, Susie. So you, you you've gone through and you've like the mudgy one, that was at five hundred initially, and then that was for a service apartment, but then it rolled it back to the normal rental, and Correct. that was that was three eighty. Um, do you have figures on what kind of kind of cash flow that's bringing in for you now? Because it's it's clearly it's positive. Do you know? All mine are very positive. All okay. my properties pay for themselves. So. When I was married the second time, my husband did buy a couple of pro properties and they were very negatively geared. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I, we had to get rid of them because I couldn't sleep at night. It, and I love a positive one. You just buy it, set, forget. It does its own thing. You have, still have a little buffer in case you lose your tenant or something happens. One of my tenants got thrown in jail. That was kind of unexpected. Wow, so okay. Yep. <laughs> we needed a little buffer for that one. Um, but... Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not a fan of negatively geared properties. Um, Good. For me, my personal <laughs> circumstance, I they're all very positive. Okay, okay, cool. All right, awesome, awesome. So you've got the first one, uh, Majid, you've got the next one, North North Haven, which you've done. What what comes next? What's the next one you've got? So then I, I met someone, um, I have a partner now, and that was my part of my, you know, my goal of what I wanted to do, I really, you know, obviously I wanted to meet a partner, um, mm -hmm. but I wanted to meet a partner who was interested in investment property. So, and we've only been together two years, but we've had the best fun for the last two years, just shopping. He, he sold his Sydney property and literally gave me the checkbook and said, go buy me some properties. And mm -hmm. um, we've done that. So the next one was a townhouse in Marsden in Brisbane. Mm -hmm. Yep. which was, I was very familiar with buying for clients when I was working for the buyer's agent. Um, so that was a no-brainer, 190K and it rents at 330 a week. 
Nicely positive there. Awesome. Yep. Yep. Uh, Next one after that is, oh, the shoe shop. That's a really that's a really great little um, story. So is this, is this um is this this is a commercial deal? Is it? It is. It's a retail shop. It's yep. in a little town called Condobolin, which is mm-hmm. six hours west of Sydney. And the like, we've done our research. We've done our due diligence. The little town. It's only three thousand people in this little town, but it is going places. There's a gold mine has opened. There's um, rare earth mine has opened. Where and a lithium mine. So. In a little town of 3,000 people, they need another 3,000 people to, wow. to work in this mine. So when you drive through the town, there's four pubs and they've all been renovated. And that, for me, is a sure sign that they're expecting an influx of um, money. It's a lovely town, too. They have an amazing uh, Aboriginal farm there where the elders teach the young Aboriginal kids how to farm and how to manage and how to rotate crops and you see the Aboriginal kids walking around town in their big 10-gallon hats and their big belt buckles and their big cowboy boots, and they're really proud. They're very proud people that they work at this farm. So the the whole this fantastic vibe. So we bought this little shoe shop, which is a 1920s Art Deco, beautiful building, but not that emotion gets in the way of the figures. Of course, yes. <laughs> Bus- business, business decision. It's a yeah. business decision. Yeah. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> but yeah. cute, cute just came along as a bonus. <laughs> cute as a bonus. Okay, cool. And halfway through the settlement, the lady who owned the shoe shop, who had closed it two years before, announced that she wasn't going to empty the shop. We were getting the shoes. Ah, wow. Okay. <laughs> 1,500 pairs of shoes that we had to empty out was hard work that was when people say oh you're so lucky that was six hours drive in a great big truck loading up three pallets of shoes bringing them back to Sydney donating them to a charity Um, it was really hard work but it was a lot of fun so and the first thing she said to me was like what size are you about a nine and I went yeah she goes oh sorry I'm a nine there's no size nine shoes so I put it (laughs) with 1500 pairs of shoes and I did not get one single pair of shoes (laughs) Uh, well, a great story. Great stories. Local girl who remembered playing in that shop as a child. She's now renting the shop and runs the most beautiful baby wear shop. And uh, she's paying $160 a week rent plus all the outgoings, which is why I like commercial. Commercial's fantastic. And look, out of interest, how how did you like... um... Obviously, getting it getting it rented out and so forth. Did you actually put a bit of bit of money into it to be able to do it up, or did you just put it back on the market? Or because um, if someone's looking at you know commercial, especially in a regional area, they're like, oh gee, is is there going to be you know is it going to be kind of like a tenant for the for the, the oh, commercial or not? On, I went on a local Facebook site and I asked people, what business would you like to see open up in the town? Great. Yep. And people, I was actually inundated with people, and especially at such a low rent, $160 a week. It, you know, there was a girl making candles and jewelry, and she wanted to rent it, and someone else wanted to rent it to do something else. And we were actually going to convert half of it to be a flat at the back, have reinstate the old residence because um, resident, residents are so few and far between there, and there's a huge demand for rentals. Uh, but we didn't get that far this girl came along and said she'll take it so she's painted the entire shop throughout we put uh, aircon in and uh, a few bits and pieces but not nothing 
you know, what we had to do, smoke alarms, things like that, fire, um, fire hydrant things, that sort of stuff. But yeah, that's, it's been great. So um, fantastic, fantastic on that one. So Mm-hmm. And look, I've got to say that um, I love the simplicity and it's like, once again, when you go along to boot camp and you want to find out what's going on, uh, you know, in a local area that you're, un, you know, you know, not too sure of, what do they say? Get onto the local groups, get on local face groups and you're doing, you, you are doing exactly what's being kind of mentioned. And, and of course, Random it's Facebook sites, all, all literally all over Australia, Any, anywhere that we might be interested in, we just get on the Facebook site and um, see what's happening. So fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. And then the next one there was Bunbury, which is south of Perth in WA. Now, Susie, you, you've gone, you, you, you're kind of getting around here, like you're doing some Get in New around. South Wales, like you're getting up into Queensland and then uh, Condoble, you know, six hours out of, out of Sydney. And now you thought of Western Australia? Like, Good. well, can, it was... can, can I ask, like, you've obviously because of what your line of work is being in 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 the real estate industry and so forth how important is it to understand how to do whether it be your gva your feasibility tied up with your experience in order to be able to go to a different state and confident in getting a deal can you give us a bit of an insight from your side of things because it sounds like you're really well educated you've got the experience obviously with what you do work wise but is that also tying in with GVA feasibilities? And Oh, absolutely. So when I worked as a buyer's agent, we bought all over Australia. Uh, well, WA, Melbourne, uh, Victoria, Queensland, Sydney. Um, and every state in Australia has a different contract. So it was a very steep learning curve of how to get into contract, also how to get out of contracts, how to delay contracts, how to... Um, you know, make make that contract work for, well, then it was the client, but now it's me. Um, but Perth was, uh, we hadn't done many for um, the buyer's agent in Perth, but we liked Perth. I, I've always liked Perth. Perth is a very different market. It's a very volatile market. It's very steep troughs and, and highs, whereas Sydney is a much more gradual so you if you buy in Perth you really have to be able to hold it for when it has its lows um but the um pandemic was fantastic because they closed all their borders all the feet for FIFOs all the fly in fly out miners working up in the mines up in northwestern Australia they couldn't fly home to Sydney Brisbane or Melbourne so they were stuck in Perth so they work usually 10 days on, five days off or two weeks on, one week off. So they'd fly to Perth and they, they make a lot of money. So then they were going to the coast, like places like Bunbury, and just renting nice flats so that they could have their downtime rather than in a hotel in Perth on the coast in a nice flat. So the rents escalated dramatically during lockdown. So that wow. one, we paid 195000 for that and it's currently rented at three thirty. So wow. lockdown no more, borders open, but the rents have stayed where they were set during the pandemic. So that was one good thing that came out of the pandemic. Wow. 
Wow. This is a really interesting thing as well is because, I mean, during, during the, the, obviously the, the, the lockdowns and so forth, and especially in Melbourne, it was really difficult to get out because you couldn't even get out. You couldn't do any inspections or anything like that. It was, it, there was a whole lot of restrictions in place. Um, but what you're doing, especially with your experience is you're not letting anything like that stop you because you've got the experience. You can still get out to. Yeah. To, oh, look, Google's your friend. Google maps, your friend. You can walk around the block on Google and, um, <laughs> You, and you, you know, you just ring and I ring the local cops shop and ask them. You know, is this a sus street? Is there is there much crime in this street? Is you know, do you have issues with this area? You know, get on the local Facebook sites. You know, find out. They'll soon tell you what's a crappy street. Mm. Um, and just yeah, it's 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 very time consuming. Very very time consuming. And that's if I was buying in an area I didn't know, I would use a buyer's agent because they devote their time, you know, they've got a team of people looking at those things and doing those feasibilities all the time, not just for the property, but for the areas and mm. what's the infrastructure coming in, what's what's happening. So it's it's very time consuming, but once you've sort of done it, you've got that knowledge. Mm-hmm. Good, 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 good. That's interesting insights, hey? Very interesting. And I love how you've kind of like, you've used technology in your favour to go, okay, you can spend the time driving out, doing yeah. your doing your own research, or you can actually just jump on your computer and do your searches and do it that way. It actually, obviously, seeing it in person is better. Just oh, like, I can't wait to fly over to Perth and see that property. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't let it stop you because you've still got so many access to so much technology to be able to, yeah. And then just calling up, calling up, like I said, local police and other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, great to agents, hear. Agents are amazing. They they're experts in their neighbourhood, and you know that they will tell you everything if you you know give them the time and have a chat. And especially if they think you're buying in the area, and mm. they may get a rental out of it. So I always use a property manager. I don't manage any properties on my own. Um, so if and they're usually really forthcoming with lots of great information. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So this is the one in Western Australia. Hmm. And then you, you've come back to New South Wales again, have you? Yes. Next well, once I bought my partner's shoe shop and we had been out there a few times and learnt how few rentals there are out there. Um, and I bought another little house in my name out mm-hmm. in Dublin. And it's, it is also cute. <laughs> you didn't buy it for its cuteness <laughs> no, but it was a no-brainer it was two hundred and thirty-eight thousand nine hundred square meter block local town planner another good person to talk to said we will pretty much approve anything you want to do we are so desperate for dwellings in the area so it's got a rear lane access so we're looking at putting a second dwelling on the back they will also approve a subdivision even though it's not actually regulation to be subdivided but there's a way you can do it um or a a granny flat that sort of thing um and that one's rented at 350 a week it was actually on the market being rented at 290 they were advertising it at 290 but I just found a better property manager and she said I can get 350 for that easily so we made it a condition of the contract that it would be rented at 350 a week before settlement wow Wow. Interesting. Interesting. You did that as a, yeah. These are the little lurks and perks that you learn when you're working at a buyer's agent, Mm. uh, just how to make it, how to make it in your favor. Great info. Great info for those listening. This is, this is good. Listen up. (laughs) Good, good.
Yeah, well, uh, lots of solicitors will hate you, but who cares? Like, <laughs> I got a rented property. It was fantastic. And I didn't have to settle in until they got that property rented. Wow. Fantastic. Great. Great. Love it. So now, um, is that it? Is that it? Is there more or is there more in the pipeline? What? Oh, there's no pipeline. I've just, um, with my current job selling the luxury retirement villages at the Falls Estate, um, we've gone a bit quiet over Christmas with our marketing. So uh, we're just about to start marketing again. So then I'm looking forward to my next commission check, which should be in a couple of months time. And as soon as that one hits the bank, I'll be back into the broker going, okay, let's go again. Yep. And so now we're just researching areas of where we might go again. I um, I probably have bought too many in my name in New South Wales that I'll probably start getting hit up for um, land tax, especially as one's in a trust. But uh, I, I have to get more out of out of New South Wales myself. But I really like regional New South Wales. To me, it's um, it's just it's if you know the right town and and um, there's there's infrastructure going in, there's jobs, there's there's things happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look forward to retirement. We're going to drive around to all these places. We might live in them for a year and. You know, the mudgy place is a two-bedroom, one-bathroom, but I can easily convert that to a three-bedroom, two-bathroom. And yep. my partner's also a builder, which has been very handy. That's handy. Yeah. <laughs> That's handy. Now, we probably need to mention a little bit about the towns as well, because you've done a lot of research and it's kind of like it's lined up with your strategy of what you're trying to achieve as well. So for those listening in, just because obviously Susie's, Susie's gone into these specific towns, this may not be right for you or your strategy, mm-hmm. um, but obviously she's sharing what's, what she's doing for your, for your strategy. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and Arash was saying which which town as an example. Um, Arash, I'm not too sure uh, what the example was for. Um, so I've bought in Mudgy. You can't really buy in Mudgy now. The pricing's just through the roof now. Um, mm-hmm. But any of the little satellite towns around Mudgy's still a great place to buy, and it's a good spot. But some of the little satellite towns around Mudgy are really good. Um, and I've bought in Condoblin. Um, which, yeah, as you say, it may not suit everybody's strategy, but looking at the infrastructure and the employment, you just don't want to buy in a town that's only got one industry, so not a mining town on its own. I mean, if you want great yields, you can buy in mining towns in Western Australia that have ridiculously good yields, but in two or three years' time when the mine closed down, it'll be a, a ghost town. High, high risk, high risk. Very yeah. high risk. And, and Tipna mentions that at boot camp as well. If you're going to go into mining, great, but you've got to be prepared and you don't have one industry, one mine. Yep, multiple right. multiple things. With multiple, yep. yeah, multiple industries. So Condoblin is uh, big sheep farming, big wheat farming, plus mining. So, yep. And what was wonderful in the pandemic as well was when we were allowed to travel within New South Wales, so many of my friends who normally go overseas were jumping in the car and driving to Burke or Broken Hill or and they saw the beauty of these towns and they are really amazing, amazingly beautiful little towns. And it was um so I think a lot more people will continue to do that sort of tourism. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome. And um Susie, do you do you have an idea with the deals that you've done? Um and I'm not too sure if you've done them 
either for yourself or for yourself and your partner as well. But how are you looking from the replacement of income point of view? Are you getting close? Are you halfway there or are you? We, we live very frugally. <laughs> <laughs> and like the income I've got now is fantastic, but it's very short term. It's a two-year contract. Um, I'm used to living very frugally. Uh, we don't need a lot of money to live on. In fact, my home here, it, I found myself living in this great big four-bedroom house with two, three living rooms. And I'd built a little granny flat years ago for one of my daughters. Just before lockdown, I moved myself down to my granny flat and I rented out my house. Mm. So I'm, I'm quite happy with a simple life. I don't need a, a lot of money to live on. Um, yep. Especially if we're going to sort of spend the next sort of 10 years driving around to some of these investment properties and doing a bit of a reno and then pulling extra equity out of them. So, um, yeah, we're sort of well on the way to, I, I, I'd say I like to retire, but I can't imagine I would retire mm. fully. Yeah. There'll always be, you know, renovating or painting or, you know, jazzing up a place and maybe do a couple of flips and that sort of thing. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, this is some it's an unusual word, retirement, isn't it? It doesn't. Yeah, it, mean, it means something different for everybody, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I think Dibner uses the term pickling. It's the pickling time or something. <laughs> something pickling or something like that. Anyway, um, so Susie, um, can it sounds like you've gone through and you've done a lot, a lot of things, and you've obviously been quite successful with the decisions you've made. Um, and it brings up the question: Well, has it all been smooth sailing? Or have you run into issues and, and, and so forth? I don't, I don't want to be kind of negative, but I want to kind of know, is there something that you've run into, like a problem or an issue where you've gone, oh, how, I don't know how to get through this. I don't know what to do. And is there something like that? If you can share something like that, that you, you think would be a little bit um, insightful to kind of go, well, how do you resolve? How do you address things when they come up? Because as you know, in investing, you're always going to have things come up. You're always going to get problems. Can you share something along those lines? Well, I think um, one of the biggest frustrations was before I had a trusted broker was applying to banks directly myself and getting knocked back and then having to sit in the naughty corner for six months. And, you know, at one time I got knocked back because I had a delinquent account, which meant it had been overdrawn twice in six months. And I was wow. on a payment plan for my rates. That's more because I've got a really bad memory than I couldn't afford them. But so I was just paying whatever it was, $50 a week for my rates. And they saw that as in some sort of hardship. So mm. I had to, yeah, sit, pretty much sit in the North corner for six months, pay off all my credit cards, pay off all my loans, um, really tidy up my finances, make sure I wasn't, um, you know, buying things that were unnecessary on my statements. Because the, the banks used to just... Um, do an average for people but they don't anymore they actually go right through your statements and they look at every single thing you've spent money on and a big clue is don't ever take cash out in a licensed premises because they will assume you are gambling ah interesting so buy all your booze at aldi it's it's then it's groceries <laughs> <laughs> Wow, interesting. So they're going to go to that extent. Wow. Yep. They have. Yep. They were um, a little while ago. I don't know if they still are, but I haven't borrowed money for a while. So, um, but it was really good to just you know really tidy up your, your affairs and make make it look good. Um, and then 
surround yourself and then I, then I got a good broker so then surround yourself with those support people that will help you you know the good broker the good solicitor you know those sort of people who you feel comfortable that you can you're talking the same language they know your end goal they know how to get you there even if it's not no yes we can get you a loan today it's we can't get you a loan today but this is what you need to do for the next six months mm-hmm. so so what happens if you if you get a get a no well, with the brokers, they usually don't submit your loan request. They um, they know whether you'll get approved. They won't submit it unless they're pretty confident you're going to get approved. And as long as you've been transparent with everything, um, then it doesn't go against your record. Yeah. And that's what you were doing before. You were just kind of like making those yeah. requests. The request would go in, it's on it would my get record. rejected. It's on your record. You've got to, yeah. Rejected. Yeah. So use those people. Those people, that's what they're there for. They're, they're there to, to make your journey much easier. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's all a part of your team, isn't it? Yeah. Your professional team, so forth. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good. Um, uh, one other thing I wanted to know is that, um, do, have you have you done any joint ventures at all, or has this been all by yourself and off your own off your own bat? This has all been me on my own and my partner on his own. You know, yep. now we're now we're getting to the serious part of the relationship, whether we actually do something together. Uh-huh. Um, but that you know, that's the next big step that we might have to do if our borrowing capacity is not um, uh, looking good individually. Um, but I haven't done joint ventures outside. I have talked about it. I've got some great friends in the community who, you know, every now and then, you know, something will come up and I sort of send it to them and go, hey, look at this fantastic place, you know, 12 apartments up at, you know, Port Macquarie or something. Um, let's all chip in and do something together. Mm, I haven't found anyone who's bold enough to to actually go, yeah, let's do it. So um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't rule it out if it was something I needed to do. But yeah, I'd be making sure you had all your I's dotted and T's crossed and had it all. Sometimes it because uh, I'm on a lot of different property um, Facebook sites, and sometimes it really boggles my brain that people were just they sort of hook up and do joint ventures quite willy nilly. I think it's something it it would take some very serious contemplation. Good. Yes. Yes. Um, Dimna has a video. I don't know if you've seen it. It's called Due Diligence. Um, and it's there prior to doing any joint ventures. You, oh. um, and Dimna says you need to do due diligence on the deal, regardless of anyone else's due diligence and what they've done. You have to do your own numbers. You have to do your own, own numbers and due diligence and feasibility. But she said, you also have to do due diligence on the person that you're going to Absolutely. go into the into the into the JV with because people are different. We all interact a little bit differently. We all respond differently in different circumstances. So you need to be um, you have to have your eyes wide open when you whenever you go into. And everyone's got a different risk a risk um, level. Yes. Absolutely, so. absolutely, yeah. So, Susie, how, how is your life different now to before you started? I, when, when you asked me to make some notes, I was just, it was really um, very telling because I was like, wow, I really have come a really long way. This is amazing. Um, I'm sort of almost there. I'm almost where I want to be. And it's, it's, um, the stress is gone. I mean, money, money is great. And I always teach my kids if a problem, if it's a problem that money can fix, it's not a problem. A real problem is a problem that money can't fix. 
you can always get money from somewhere, big borrow or steal to solve a problem. Um, but having those choices, uh, you know, I can remember doing my supermarket shopping and having to put stuff back because I just couldn't afford it. It was, and that was probably, you know, for a big chunk of my life that was. Um, and now, although I, you know, I can buy what I want at the supermarket, I still don't. I still buy the reduced to clear stuff. I'm just, I'm <laughs> I'm just a frugal sort of a per I'm very careful. Like it's great, but you know, I just, you never know what's around the corner. Um, but yeah, my, my life is very much different. It's, um, I, you know, I, I can't believe the job I'm doing now. It's amazing. And, and probably the past 10 years, all of those jobs I was doing that were really not well paid have given me the insight and the knowledge and the experience to, to come to where I'm at now. So although I wasn't being paid incredibly well, it it was like doing a university degree. Wow. You, you've really taken on the experience and learning of everything that you've been involved with and then... And then um... Well, I'm like a sponge. When I've had those jobs, you know, I would say, you know, can I sit in on this meeting? Can, mm-hmm. can I, you know if my boss was presenting, you know, or doing a, a portfolio, um, um, property portfolio plan for a client, I would say, do you mind if I sit in? You know, I I just want to learn more. I just want to learn more and more. And now it's second nature. Mm, awesome. Awesome. Hey, ha- how have you found the, the the community, the support within the Isle of Real Estate community? amazing before after you rang me I rang another uh, friend who's in the community and said have you done one of these interviews what are these interviews (laughs) (laughs) and he said hey no but I'd like to (laughs) (laughs) yeah and um yeah but it's just it's almost like um yeah you've just found your tribe you you you're talking to people who understand Mm. you know I've got a couple of friends in the community and we'll go and have coffee and all we talk is real estate like we are so boring and and I've got other friends as soon as I start talking real estate their eyes glaze over and they think oh here she goes again but I never get sick of it I'm even when I was buying 10 properties a month for clients you know I get home from work and right what's on realestate.com what else, you know what's another good deal that's around it's just it's just a I think it's an addiction <laughs> <laughs> So, so how is your confidence now, when it, especially uh, when it comes to real estate? Oh, I've I've got this. You know, I'm, you know, I might make some mistakes. I, you know, I haven't haven't made any too bad yet. Um, but no, my confidence is awesome. But that's come with the experience and the knowledge. And but it was definitely the I love real estate community that that gave me that springboard to to just get out there and have a go. Mm-hmm. that's what you've got to do you've got to get out there and just give it a go hey so um so Susie what what do you tell others um and I I, I suppose I want to ask uh, just one or two more questions here but the first one is if you've got a brand new student who's just come in like we've got a few new students that have come in first time in the in, in the year and they've seen Dipna and like oh this is in you know they've been a bit inspired and like yeah I want to join up uh, you know, they've got their own kind of goals and dreams that they were trying to achieve. W- what advice would you give to someone who's just just come on board? Okay, what would you say to them? 
if they don't work in the industry, if they don't work in real estate industry at all, read everything, look at everything, listen to everything, and just take what you you need, need from it and then listen to it all again years later because I go back and listen to things that I wasn't ready to hear what Diffner was saying back then. So I keep going back and listening to it again or reading it again and you'll pick up more and more that you're in a different position now. So you're in a, a, a diff, at a different level that you need that extra information. But I think just read everything, get, get around I mean, when the live events come back, just go to those. They are just awesome. Uh, and just make some contacts and make some friends and just find some other real estate junkies and um, just learn as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Great advice. Great advice. And what would you tell others about the Isle of Real Estate program? You know, if someone's going, hey, you, you, you're caught up in this thing, you know, you spend a lot of time at these, you go to these events. Like, what's the deal? What's, what do you When I first joined, I had a couple of people who were friends who were in the same situation as me. And they were like, oh, my God, it's so much money. And what are you doing? And you can barely even pay your rent. And I was like, okay, let's make a pact. If I'm not in a better position in a year's time, you know, I'll say you were right. But if I'm in a better position, you join. And I actually went out to Dubbo to a wedding with a girlfriend the other day and um, did say to her, remember that pact we had? Like that was, you know, quite a few years ago and I am in a hell of a lot better position now and you are in the same position. So just, and also don't listen to, don't take advice from people who aren't where you want to be. Hmm. the backyard barbecue experts unless they've got what you want and they're in a position where you are don't listen to them there's a lot of naysayers out there and they may have your best interest at heart they're sort of you know worried for you but listen to the people who are in the position of where you want to be Hmm. Hmm. absolutely absolutely very different advice but it's also, it's a very different mindset. Yeah. And it does take courage to sort of turn to your family and go, hey, I'm not listening to you. I'm going to go and do this thing. And they think you're mad. So, but then you know, a couple of years later, they go, I actually think she knows what she's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you proved them wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Um Susie, thank you so much for taking out the time and, and, and sharing. Is there anything else you wanted to say? Is there anything else that, you know, you're thinking, uh, you know, there's yes. something else? Mm-hmm. And thanks for everyone who's joining on um, uh, Facebook as well. We've got a couple of people that are, that are logging in. If there's anything else that you want to um, say, I can't see any kind of uh, questions or queries or comments there at the moment, but if you want to, put them in there now. Otherwise, I think we're... We're pretty much at the tail end. Our, our lunchtime meeting has pretty much wrapped up. Yeah, back to work. Um, I, I, the only other thing I was going to say was don't don't be afraid to take a take a step backwards if it means you're going to learn something. Like take if that means that's well, that's what I did. I took a step backwards, but it it meant I learned what I needed to know. Mm-hmm. My new one is embrace your weaknesses. Don't be afraid to say, I'm really crap at that and I don't know how to do that. I'm someone who does. So 
you don't have to be an expert at everything, you know, know your strengths and know what you're good at, but also acknowledge what you're not good at and find someone who can do that for you, whether it's accounting or your tax, those horrible jobs that nobody likes to do except accountants and tax. Yeah, absolutely. Susie, can you just say that one thing about, was it acknowledging your weaknesses? What was the other thing? Embrace, embrace your weaknesses. Embrace them. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I'm not great at um, processing the written word. Like if you send me a great big document, I'll just go, oh, yeah, okay. I can read it, but I really don't. Um, I'm much better with a conversation. So, and now at my old age, I'm very happy to say, ring the financial planner and say, hey, can you just explain that to me? Because I don't really understand the written word very well. And I'm not embarrassed to say that because it's it's better than signing something that I really don't understand and don't understand. You know. Or my, my taxes are horrible. I hate my taxes. So, quite happy to say oh this is not my field of expertise can you deal with this for me so mm -hmm. very much a more open open conversation very much a more open transparent because you want to get things done rather than being held back by your own kind of almost insecurities yeah. which and is a, which is really a, shot, a sign of confidence isn't it yeah and probably 10 years ago I would have said oh, I can't do this because I'm not good at that rather than and I don't want people to know I'm not good at that whereas mm. Now I just go, yeah, I'm not good at that, but I'm really good at some other stuff. That's a confidence. That's just, <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a confidence in yourself and your abilities and what you know you can do, you know, which is, which is awesome to see. Awesome to see. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Thank you so much. And well done. Well done on what you've done and what you've achieved oh, over, what, what has it been, six years? Uh, I think, yeah, probably six years, which... Wow doesn't seem like a very long time at all but most of most of it's only happened in the last sort of two years but but it the results have happened in the last two years but it was always working towards those the whole six years definitely was working towards this this spot absolutely it's getting getting your head in the right space it's getting your finances in the right space it's connecting up education wise and so forth yeah awesome awesome um well thank you thank you so much i really appreciate you sharing um and uh yeah awesome results and uh i'm sure we're probably going to be hearing more about what you're going to get up up to in the very near future as well yes yeah, so just yeah get back on realestate.com and see what's out there <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably only a few weeks away when you get your next uh, commission coming through. Yep, should be. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, look, um, thank you everybody for joining in on this I Love Real Estate Success Stories show. Um, fantastic results from Susie. Um, great insights as well. Uh, I know you've probably enjoyed it and thank you for the comments that have come through as well. Um, we're going to wrap it up here. So have a fantastic Friday afternoon have a great weekend uh do well and remember dimna has the first uh webinar for the year for her we had the uh coaches michael and sarah franks on last uh, wednesday and we've got dimna coming up on this coming wednesday and it will be the year ahead 
I think it's avoiding the, pit, the, the pitfalls, the potholes, and also the opportunities ahead for 2023. So make sure you connect up with that. That's the 7 p.m. on the Wednesday nights, and you've got to register for the new series of emails. So that's a little bit about a spiel, what's coming up. We've also got boot camps and momentum um, masterminds coming up as well. So stay connected, uh, enter, you know, keep, uh, keep connected within the community, and, um, and do well. But um, Susie, thank you so much. We'll end off now. Have a great, uh, great afternoon and we'll catch up with everybody next time. Thank you. Bye. Okay. See you now. Bye.